the song from Dublin does it. He actually doesn't. He's not telling it. Ah, this is culture bias. This is bias against culture. Yeah, here, but so we can't say it, but you can say it. Yeah. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Very good morning, welcome along to Friday morning's OTBM. It's the 26th of May, and we're with you until 10 o'clock as per usual this morning. OTBM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. It doesn't feel like Friday because Adrian Barry is no longer beside me, but we have a stacked studio. Let me tell you something. Corks, Colin Booby, good morning. Morning, Shane. Yeah, oh my god. Mayo's Cameron I'm Hill. In, good morning, mate. Good morning, Mayo Cameron. Yeah, thanks, Mayo. Great. <laughs> and go is Johnny Ward. Morning, Shane. How are things? How are you keeping, lads? Country oh. well represented here, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of a real spread. Well, well it's very. Well, I was going to say it's very west. There's two lads in the west. Um, no Leinster representation. But no. I, I think. Given the events last weekend, maybe they didn't want to come on. It's for the better. We had yeah. to separate the Galway and Mayo lads across the room as well. We couldn't put them beside each other. Uh, we've we've gone. To, we went to the league final together. So um, oh, okay. yeah, we had. Yeah, uh, we, we don't. We both don't like Ross Common. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. The day. So you so know, how it works in in Connacht. Yeah, everyone what, hates Mayo, don't they? Depends on what part of in Galway. Kind of depends on whether you're near the Galway or the Ross Common border. Um, I've I've always. Uh, Generally, um, if Mayo win All Ireland, I want them to win because I think Mayo, Mayo, right. I think Mayo people are sound. Yes. Yeah, if Mayo are playing All Ireland, you want them to win. See, Gal- like I, I grew up with Galway winning a couple of All Ireland, so like um, you wouldn't begrudge them that sort of way. Backhanded you know? compliment there. No, but do you know what I mean? It's not like Mayo, like the the, the success of Connacht teams in the All Ireland series is appallingly bad. Like no team other than Galway has won the All Ireland since Mayo in '51, was it? Yeah. Like, like that's that's incredibly bad. We, we've at the moment we've three of the best teams in in the national league. Like we'd first, second, and third in the national league. Yeah, Galway, Mayo are definitely all Ireland contenders. But like Mayo, I mean Mayo people. In fairness, they they're they're a bit mad. Like because when you when you want something for so long, it's like chasing somebody and thinking that it's going to happen, and still thinking that it's going to happen, it. yeah. and then. Thinking that it's going to happen, and then thinking it's going to happen. But Mayo people like if football is like, it's a bit like Monaghan obsession to an extent. Like, yeah. like similar enough populations punch above their weight, um, but just haven't won. Monaghan and Roscommon or Monaghan Mayo. And and we, we have a much smaller population than Mayo. Sorry, Roscommon and sorry, Roscommon and Monaghan have a similar population. Yeah, of Mayo have a bigger population, um, but they haven't won it. And I, I generally would like them to win All Ireland because. Just, just so they can get, 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 just get it over with at this stage because it's been, uh, it's been hard going to the well so often. Well, most people in Galway might disagree. Right, fair. That's fair. Uh, loads still happening in the world of sport. Eddie Dunbar still turning up in the Giro d'Italia. The Celtics beat the Heat last night to take the series to a game six at least in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, game six will be Saturday night in Miami, so that's to, for the right to play the Denver Nuggets in the championship game. Uh, but lads, Old Trafford last night, I suppose. Manchester United four, Chelsea one. Champions League football secured for Manchester United for next season means Liverpool will not be in the Champions League next season. Um, Mo Salah wasn't happy. No, he put up a that was an interesting statement on, yeah. on his social media accounts, didn't he? What do we read into that? I think he wants to take a leadership role. Yeah, because he's committed to Liverpool last summer, signed a big long-term contract. 
Shane was uh, you were cynically suggesting yeah. that his agent suggested um, to him Mo coaching yeah, full time here United are going to win so for people who haven't seen it I mean it's a photo of the back of Salah's jersey him and during a match looking a bit sad and it's he's put the filter on it for, <laughs> for grey so morning, put, morning, the last of morning, League morning onto it. Uh, he said, "I'm totally devastated. There's absolutely no excuse for this. We had everything we needed to make it to next year's Champions League, and we failed. We are Liverpool, and qualifying to the competition is the bare minimum. I'm sorry, but it's too soon for an uplifting or optimistic post. We let you and ourselves down. That was at 10:07 p.m. last night, so just after uh, action had finished at Old Trafford. It only That's took him an entire yeah. season to take the initiative. There, good for him." The up to Joe, <laughs> the up to Joe said best minutes per goal or assist rates among Premier League uh, players this season in all competitions. Um, sixty-five Erling Haaland, ninety-three Salah, ninety-seven Evan Ferguson. Um, I was actually surprised that Salah has been involved in a goal or assist only once every ninety-three minutes. And that you want us to talk about Evan Ferguson? Is that, yeah, is that what you're saying here? This is we leave Ferguson out of this but, right. but uh, 90, you know he, he had a kind of a patchy season still as well his pace is just slightly gone as well so maybe, he, maybe he feels himself that like he, he didn't have his best season for sure but uh, it, was, it was an interesting I don't know if he's a serial tweeter but there was a lot packed into that tweet mm. a lot going on a lot going on um, definitely felt strategic mm. actually Salah's a bit like Harry Kane this season in that they've both been excellent individually yeah, statistically and the teams have uh, underperformed massively I really enjoyed last night's game again, a bit like um, Brighton Man City the night before. Yeah, uh, well, Brighton Man City was a better game, wasn't it? Quality won 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, someone tweeted last night that it was the worst quality end-to-end game they've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there were so many chances and like, you know, I was saying beforehand, he, Frank Lampard said all season long, you know, we're creating chances, mm. we're just not finishing them, we're not clinical enough. And to be fair, he had a point last night in the first half, Mudrick missed the sitter after less than three minutes. Havertz missed one as well. Havertz missed the header. And Conor Gallagher right in the stroke of half time the goal. pulled his shot wide. When you're the manager though, like people, people are missing chances partly because you're the manager because it's a collective lack of belief. Absolutely, like bringing in a new manager, missing a chance is down to a manager. It, it, it's not. It's part of the whole thing. Like look at look at the confidence. The finishing is a skill. There's, there's almost is. this idea that oh, we created loads of chances, so we're actually okay. Well. Did you score them? Look at the body language of Havertz and Mudrick. Like, you can almost see they're not going to score when they're in front. Really good chances, you mentioned, the first half. Like, bringing in Lampard was one of the most stupid things you, you could ever do in management. It made no sense, and now it's spect- spectacularly backfired. I wouldn't have thought it would have gone this yeah, bad. But he's lost eight of his ten games But for Tuchel, so they'd be relegated practically. Like, yeah. Do you know well, what I mean? I mean they're three points. If, if Forrest win their last game, <laughs> they're three points above Forrest. <laughs> yeah. And Chelsea lose. Like, it's incredibly yeah. bad. Forrest is one of the two sides there he didn't lose against. That was a yeah. Oh, two all at home Stamford Bridge and the other one does anyone remember it a few weeks ago 3-1 away to Bournemouth mm. right. which I think Bournemouth took the lead in that uh, or the equaliser at the very least but yeah like Johnny makes a good point like when they brought in Frank Lampard presumably it was for a bounce club legend he did okay the first time around at the start of his tenure so it was like maybe we'll get a bit of that he's what been away club, a bit the club legend thing is absolutely but irrelevant but it was like what was the point in losing Graham Potter for this because mm. I don't think Potter was ever going to go on an 8 out of 10 game losing streak mm. so they're 12th in the league it's by far Sky Sports threw up a graphic last night it's by far the fewest number of Premier League goals they've scored right. in the tournament's history mm. 
It's I been a disaster. It. And considering all the talent that they have in abundance in that squad. Afterwards, Lampard had a very honest interview as it was sold on Sky Sports social media feeds. Five and a half minutes with Patrick <laughs> Davison. And I, you honest. know, before I watched it, <laughs> I was thinking like, I have a fair idea of what he's going to say here. No, and seriously. it was bang on for five and a half. And no, he's, he's, he's so conscious of do, doing yeah, that yeah. now. Does, um, that does Frank Lampard have a magic wand where he can solve all this? <laughs> well, no. he was... Um, because he did make that point, point that they did yeah. once again create a lot of chances and they're not finishing them did but then he did possession it. in the game that's it I did see a friend of the show Yasmin Baba having a great laugh and putting up the statistics mm. um, saying this is the most Chelsea of Frank Lampard Chelsea games ever in terms of yeah. stats they had 62% possession their expected goals was uh, 1.34 and they didn't score. And yeah. United's was like 0.25. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, he was on about, um, in that post-match interview, saying like, you know, people are on to me with playing a back five and they criticise me for that. But I can play a back five, a back four, a midfield three, mm. a front two. It doesn't matter if the players aren't committed. Yeah. And then he went back to the players in the middle section of the interview saying, like, the commitment's just not there in training, the application isn't. And there's only so much I can do as a result of that in other words I'm not capable of doing anything yeah surely that is definitely something you can control is their commitment that's literally your job what's the future for Lampard is he managing next season anywhere Surely Does not. anyone want him? Well, not, obviously at not any level. League. Not in the Premier League. Uh, there are a lot of idiots out there, though. Like, I mean, this this was a stupid, <laughs> stupid appointment. And if Chelsea are that stupid, there have to be a lot of other stupid clubs. Like, do, do you all reckon that he actually is a useless manager, or is there something in him at all? I, I think if he wasn't Frank Lampard, he wouldn't be getting any of these jobs. Same with Gerard. Like, like Gerard. Look at Gerard at Villa this season. Like, appalling record until you know they change the manager. Emery comes in and like they won the Scottish Premiership. Well, with Everton, he, he did keep them up last season when they were in trouble of yeah, going down. he did. With Derby, he got them to a playoff final. Now, I've said that before, and I've had lots of people saying that Derby squad was incredibly talented, mm-hmm. and the very least they should have got mm-hmm. was the playoff final. You have to give the manager some credit, though. And at Ch- Chelsea at the start, he was okay. He did okay for a, a while at Chelsea, and then it all went wrong. So, if you look at his record coldly, like, and take away the reputation of Lampard, he's not totally terrible, Right. I'd like to it's see him as a terrible, scout. Like. I'd like to see him as a scout because the, mm. the the line he always puts out is clearly these players aren't good enough and the players I've been saddled with, like the Germans... Yeah, go the, find the players. <laughs> the Germans TM that he would always refer to in his first into Chelsea. So maybe he could un- unearth some other gems like Mason Mount. Maybe that's his thing, that he actually knows where all the good players are. He's just kind of keeping it close to his chest. Yeah. It's hard to know because he was he was a pretty instinctive player. Like that was mm. his whole thing was arriving into the box. Like he wasn't a, a midfielder who would control the game. Yeah. Like John Giles mm. said that about him plenty of times over the years, and funny enough, said the same thing about Gerrard that mm. they weren't typical mm. midfield players in the way he would consider a central midfield player to be. But Lampard was incredibly effective. Yeah, arriving late in the box. flushes as managers really already. Like at this stage, like but that's what that, I mean that their playing style correlates with their management yeah. style, which is. Um, like you're relying on inspiration mm. and you can't control it because you're on the sideline so where does that leave you? A lot of people in the comments having their say on Lampard as well Brian says Lampard took a job nobody else would take in fairness the Mudrick transfer will go down as one of the worst big money moves ever the players aren't fit because of Potter Mudrick is, Mudrick is, very, Mudrick is a good. very good player like. Jeez, the you can imagine him like ripping it up under a new you just, manager you see the pace like. of yeah. the second half he's when he, very quick like, Mudrick is a seriously good player like mm. that chance in the first half like when he came on against Arsenal he did well um, he his sh- debut against Liverpool at Anfield yeah. he, it was a nil all draw and he was yeah. very impressive yeah, he was very good. but your point there when he missed the sitter after three minutes and you you're putting it down to his lack of confidence, presumably under the leadership of Lampard. But it was like, the same with Potter. He, yeah. was, he was like that. He was very yeah. uncertain of himself. Mm. Yeah. But that's the manager's job, though. Do you know what I mean? Good man managers get the best of their players. Like, Lampard is clearly not a good manager at all. 
Mm. Uh, I would have done a better job in that time than Lampard. Like, no, like nobody could have done worse. Like nobody could. Well, you literally lads, just do your jobs. Do your jobs and like play. You have a lot of potential here. You have a lot of quality. Score a couple of goals. <laughs> Don't be terrible. They've been absolutely awful. They look like uh, the start of the second half. United had a load of chances to make it three 0 yeah. early on. Like Bruno Fernandes hit the woodwork. And it really looked like they gave up Chelsea at that yeah, point. They yeah. kind of came back into it at the end. Like, Joe Felix scored a lovely goal, like an individual goal. And like a player that Lampard's pretty much completely cast aside, he looks a step above everyone else. Mm. But you've seen so little of him. Mm. And like, a point was made in commentary, I think it was Gary Neville said it, it's just like, <laughs> like they have a million players and he's one of the players that they definitely won't have next season because they don't have an option on him. <laughs> unless they go back to Atletico and say, OK, we'll actually try and buy him. And you'd yeah. almost be building a team around him. Yeah, he's one of the players they need. Uh, yeah, because when you look at the bench that they had that last night, like there's so much talent in the squad. But I don't know how Lampard can manage. I'd say he's well, it doesn't going, matter now. He's, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. He's, he's had the gap. Uh, Casemiro, I thought was pulling the strings. Got player of the match. Yeah, night. he was very decent. Uh, Marcus Rashford, thirty goals this season. Someone's With- commented. Fergus Kio, Mo Salah, thirty goals, fifteen assists equals per season. Marcus Rashford, thirty goals, eleven assists equals great. I don't season. think we said Salah had a poor oh, season. He hasn't had a poor no, season. No, he's, not, he's not. He's not at the level. He and Rashford's like. season has certainly tapered downwards a little yeah. bit towards the, the second half of the season it's a bit like Arsenal it was like people are criticising Arsenal for yeah. finishing second but they okay, were so yeah. good for so Sorry, long I, I have to pick up on that I'm, I've been very frustrated with that kind of discussion around Arsenal hey, you brought this up go on yeah, yeah. this idea so um, the now deferred fire pit until next week we were going to talk about bottling and what, what is the definition of bottling and something that's really really annoyed me is the notion that Arsenal bottled this season they didn't at all like you have to look at this season as an anomaly like an aberration I, I know John Hartson was saying that you know it's, it's not a 30 game season it's a 38 game season and Arsenal are going to have to buckle up and it wasn't a 38 game season you had the deferred matches because of um, Queen Elizabeth's death that compounded a lot of fixtures towards the end of the year. There was also a shortened pre-season. The season started at the start of August. And we had the small matter of a bloody World Cup mid-season. Like, this has been a crazy season. But Manchester City had to deal with all that too. Yeah, but we've all talked about how big Manchester City squad is and how they can pretty much change everybody except the goalkeeper and still beat everybody within the league. Whereas everybody else has to contend with the same squad depth issues they all look wrecked. All the teams look absolutely out on their feet at this stage. And that's why I feel like things have kind of petered out before the final day is that everyone is really tired. They just want the season to end. The figuratively and spiritually, they're all on the beach. Um, and we've talked about this before. Like It's been a topic that's come up time and time again over the last couple of years. And strangely, this year of all years has been the year it hasn't been touched on is that there's so many games for players, so many right now. There's so much football to play. You had a World Cup midway through. You throw that on top. It wasn't a normal season. And yet everybody's talking about, well, Arsenal kind of threw that away, didn't they? I, I, yeah, the I, I, I would. I think that's pretty much bang on. Like I would agree with a lot of that. But you have to say... West Ham away and Southampton at home. Yeah, they did throw those that. away. Yeah. They did throw those games away. Sure, yeah, yeah. But three one down against Southampton and got two goals back. But like in West Ham, Bukayo Saka missed the penalty, yeah. right? And, and that, the Liverpool game. And then well. West Ham went down and scored. Yeah, Liverpool look at Anfield is a, is a decent point. Mm. Overall, Just the nature of it, but the nature of it totally. Yeah. They had a phenomenal uh, season. Like, they're I mean, brilliant they're season. Eighty-one points from thirty-seven. Last six games, like taking on a team that's really, you know, has been able to do whatever it wants in terms of getting whatever players it wants and is 
you know, the best Premier League team ever, probably. Mm. Um, and they're a clear, clear second. Like, this issue of bottling, I'd agree with Cameron. I think it's complete nonsense. Like, mm-hmm. And players probably are getting very, very tired as oh, well. Oh, like, you see, like, someone as cut and thrust and swashbuckling as Brighton, mm. they've looked wrecked. Mm. Yeah. And they've had to pick their games. Like, in a normal year. players is absolutely absurd. Like, it's absolutely yeah, absurd. Yeah, completely. And this idea of, well, the 5 1 against Everton was a really good win for Everton. No, it was Brighton looking out on their feet. Mm. Like, let's be real about that. And but, but are we giving a are we giving a team a pass every time they lose because they're tired if we like them? Whereas the Frank Lampard's Chelsea lose is because of him. No, because Frank Lampard, as we've discussed, has probably as close to a Manchester City type squad as anyone could have in terms of the quality that's already on the bench. They're just really poorly managed. But I don't think there's any other team really that has that level of depth that City have across the board. It's impossible to keep up with that. Emma Carroll, our own Carroll, making the point. Everyone said Liverpool bottled the league too, and they got ninety-seven points and lost on the final day by a point. City just going crazy runs. Yeah, I agree. I think the word "bottled" is thrown around too often, but it's probably a case of Arsenal bottled a little period of those three few well, games. They, they didn't bottle the season. They were eleven points clear in January. Yeah, I mean, like it was, it was Kevin Keegan Newcastle yeah. in 1996. Like, it wasn't. You, know, you could look at it that way if you Man want to be City real tough about it. The, I think the problem though. is. Um, like the West Ham and Southampton games, it's I suppose it goes to like the short termism in football punditry, and we're all guilty of it. But also, it's because Johnny said this all the time: is like players have to play every three days. It's an insane schedule, yeah. and as a result, we're all reacting to game by game. Mm. But if they had drawn with Southampton, or Southampton and the West Ham game, if they happened, say, one in September and another in December, no one would talk about them at all. Here's, and here's it would be the, the same stat. impact on the points. But, but if if yeah. Arsenal had won either of the games against Man City, their level, right? Yeah. If they'd won either, and in both games, they were comfortably inferior. Like yeah. They were yeah, so yeah, inferior. So, like, yeah, that's, the, that's the bottom line. Better team won the, won the they, Finishing exactly. second in the league is a massive achievement. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. And the West Ham and Southampton games were inconsistent performances, if anything. Like, uh, there were periods of that game against West Ham where Arsenal were just irresistible. System. Mm. And that's the problem with the pressure and the amount of games you're playing is mm. that it doesn't necessarily manifest itself in your energy levels. Sometimes it's your sharpness. And I think some of the goals that Arsenal conceded in those two games were down to a lack of focus. Like there were goals that, you know, teams wouldn't concede if they were like completely in the zone. Mm. Do you know? People have so, their thoughts yeah. and comments on this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bottled is a, is a bit of a strong word, isn't it? I also had a discussion with a couple of my housemates last night about. Um, and it's a hypothetical. Uh, say United, Manchester United win the FA Cup final, which is a massive if against Man City. So say United finish top four, which they will, win the League Cup, which they have, and win the FA Cup. So it's two trophies in the top four. Is that a better season than Arsenal, who have no trophies but were involved in a title race? So their fans got to enjoy the whole season, enjoy the 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 I guess excitement of being in a title battle. Albeit they don't have a trophy to show for it, but which season do you prefer? Uh, if you look, I think if you look back in five years' time, both you'd probably <coughs> go Arsenal because they remember how they overachieved for three quarters of the season. I think traditionally fans would prefer the trophies, like mm. they love to win a trophy. Mm. But nowadays, like the importance of the Champions League almost overrides every trophy bar the Premier League title. Mm. So it's more important for a club like Newcastle. You could argue. I've nearly had as good a season as Manchester United despite losing the League Cup final to them yeah, yeah. and not getting into the FA Cup <clears> because they, for the first time in 20 years, are back in the big time in the Champions League, mm. which will enormously help their appeal to players this summer that you'll play Champions League football. Yeah, you also have to remember, like, United season as a whole. I think, you know, when we get to the revisionism, and it's very fresh, we haven't even got to the final day yet, but the crushing blow of those games against Brighton and Brentford at the start of the year, 
Like that, that is a part of the season. Half time in that Brentford game, a game and a half into the season, they were 6 1 down in aggregate. They mm. lost 2 1 at home to Brighton, which is their only home defeat of the season as yeah. it transpired. And in that game against Brentford, and you're like, Jesus, there was a rumour that Everton Hag was going to walk away. At the end of it, I was like, this is a complete disaster that I've taken over. Yeah. And the way he's turned around, you have to say it's a successful season. Bruno Fernandes was asked on the pitch. I've noticed Sky Sports have done these on the pitch immediately after the game interviews now with players where they walk around yeah. with them. BT Sport do the same thing. And he, um, Patrick Davidson was saying to Bruno, like, decent season? And Bruno said, that's exactly what it is. It's decent. decent. Which oh, I think yeah. is fair. Not getting carried away. We will, we will touch more on Manchester United's season and the game last night with Samuel Luckhurst of the Manchester Evening News around 10 past 8. This morning we'll have Seamus Hickey. Before that, talking Limerick hurling and, uh, of course, we, uh, previewing the weekend's hurling, generally speaking. Half past 8, the great David Brady will join us. We'll take a bit of a look back at Mayo last weekend. We haven't touched on it yet with him. And look ahead to this weekend's All-Ireland uh, Group Championship, whatever we're calling it, matches. Shabana Hearn at around 8.50, looking ahead to the final day of the WSL season, which is... Uh, I guess building up to be a bit of a classic Chelsea have the title in their hands um, with, ahead of their game against Reading tomorrow but uh, we'll touch on all that with Shaban and of course some stories involving the Irish players as well and Alan Quinlan on the line from South Africa at 10 past 9 previewing the URC final between We should Monster also point out Jane, before we move on, yep. Johnny's wearing shorts today and I think oh. it's the first uh, studio appearance of someone wearing shorts this year Big shout um, I've been so thinking about risking it different mornings and I was like because yesterday yeah. afternoon you're thinking this is some day this is some day here. it's 11 degrees getting up this morning and uh, it's weird as the, 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 the changing of the seasons as well like I was getting I was I had my alarm set the other morning for like 5.25 and when when you've set that early or at least with me anyway you just keep waking up thinking either A you've slept in or B your alarm is just about to go off but it was bright for ages before yeah, I woke yeah, up man. I was like this is mad and it makes it so much easier to get up in the you morning you have a good set of cycling yeah. pins on you a good set of legs you see Johnny that's why you want to get them out is that it are you praising my legs well, there you go you've got a, you've had a few praise in the comments this morning Johnny um, who said so someone said the Young Bucks panel speaking about the four of us <laughs> I'm 40 like and then, I'll take, I'll 40 he replied sure Johnny's in his mid 40s and then Kevin replied he looks younger though well I'm not in my mid 40s like. no no yeah. but someone said you look younger that's good uh, you should be happy with that I have like one big contract left in football age <laughs> oh really at what best. age you at best <laughs> <laughs> it depends how it depends how good I was as a player. Like, what position I might get an MLS. You're a, goal, I'm, I'm you're a goalkeeper. <laughs> what? You're a goalkeeper, so that's no, no. no I'm not. Keepers are journeys we get. I might get an MLS deal, baby. Right. Depending yeah. on the success of my career to that point. <laughs> uh, Conor O'Donnell has commented, by the way. Hey lads, could you give a shout out to the Irish foot golf team and their captain Ronan Lina flying out to the World Cup in Orlando this morning? Best of luck, lads. That is unbelievable. Imagine flying to Orlando today to play in the foot golf World Cup. Brilliant. That is absolutely ridiculous. Have you ever played football? It seems no. Yeah, it's oh, class. It's, it's good at this. Goal crack. Basically crack just goal, it's basically just a goal kick to start with. Yeah, essentially. And then, whack but it. then it's a, when you get towards the green. It's tactical. I, I love a bit of fuck off. Yeah. Uh, we should do a, an off the ball day out or something. Don't need to swear shit. We should do so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good yeah, there you uh, go. that was very very good uh, we should touch on a couple of other bits and bobs that are happening uh, as well across the uh, the sporting sphere as they say the Irish uh, women's team uh, they had a lot of players making headlines yesterday for, for various reasons different exits from different clubs so Megan Connolly and Megan Walsh uh, leaving Brighton uh, Rusha Littlejohn announced she's leaving Aston Villa Megan Campbell is leaving Liverpool it's all go um, no more long throws no more long throws uh, certainly from Liverpool's perspective We'll hopefully see them in the World Cup, though. There's, there is an amusing uh, Twitter um, kind of interchange this morning as well, or from last night. Um, in the call, who obviously we know, uh, he tweets 
Paul Galvin, like, this is reacting to reacting to reacting, but Paul Galvin is reacting to a clip of Paul Scholes passes, and Paul Galvin just says, Scholes, amazing player, but I could name a dozen Gaelic footballers who could pass like that, given the same time and space, right? To which end the caller replies, yeah, totally the same. And then Dan McDonald, who always gets really worked up about this idea that GA players are basically just soccer players that decided to play yeah, Gaelic football. Yeah. He said, it's either an elite case of GA exceptionalism or a spectacularly effective wind-up. And Paul has been on the show. Which one was it, Paul? Yeah, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear... Uh, do, you, do, you, do you get what Dan has this yeah, point? Yeah. Like, remember you used to have like... Um, Football, as in soccer, is a much more skillful sport than a lot of people who don't play it realise. Mm. You know, if you actually played a 90-minute game of soccer, you'd realise this is skillful. Mm. Um, so maybe there's people who are into Gaelic football and don't particularly play or, or pay heed to soccer who don't realise or understand that. I, I do. both. I think though I, I feel that it's a lot of it is coaching like a lot of really good Gaelic footballers are very good at soccer growing up and yeah. they just kind of gravitate towards one because of family ties or I think even the structures it. it's such a tedious debate it's so my dad could beat your beer dad I really hate those sport versus sport <laughs> you're, you're, camera's, not, camera's not having anything this morning I don't want to compare them, um, don't compare them. Uh, we should mention the injury for Aoife Mannion as well uh, small tweak to any injury anytime there's an Irish wo- uh, women's player now that that uh, is is down as injury. You get a little bit concerned because the World Cup is only what a couple of months away. July twentieth, I think, is our first game. Uh, there's tickets on sale, by the way, this morning. So Ireland are going to host Zambia on Thursday, June twenty second. So that is less than a month away. Uh, before taking on France, that's Thursday, July sixth. Uh, two key games as part of the World Cup preparation. Tickets on sale. 10 o'clock this morning so just over two hours to go we'll see Hervé Renard will he wear his white shirt oh yeah on the France technical oh area. yes that'll be a sight to behold and um, another friendly announcement as well oh yeah Colombia uh, that's going to be behind closed doors in Brisbane July 14th so six days before the uh, Vera Pose team get their World Cup underway so that'll be the la- I presume the last game before yeah you'd think so Yeah, World Cup six days is probably just enough uh, time you'd imagine as I said we'll talk uh, WSL with Shabana Hearn uh, later on the show this morning you want to talk French Open? Well, I just wanted to mention, I got this online yesterday. I didn't realise it had been eight years since Sorry, Bill, yeah. since Bill O'Hurley he passed away. The great, the great Bill, Bill O'Hurley. Okie doke. Ah, what a man. <clears throat> what are your memories of Bill O'Hurley? Well, he made my childhood. Corkman. And adolescence. Is he cor- Corkman? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, through and, thr- through and through. And uh, maintained the accent despite spending the majority of his life living up here. And was initially uh, on the news side of things at RT. And then they had um, something happen in the sports department <laughs> where he had to fill in. And the rest is history. But, like, I just, uh, every so often, look back on the Billo, Gilesy, Dunphy, Brady days on RTE. And just the way, Johnny is accidentally doing a very good kind of impression of the way that Bill would just kind of sit back, back, have the pen, and be like... uh, Watch it all unfold. What do you mean by that, Eamon? Yeah. Simple but but effective. It was incredible. He always acted, like, he pretended like he was completely clueless and being like... Tell me about this football thing, but very much newest stuff. Menu. But just let Menu. them. Just let them. Your fellow countryman, uh, Don Logue's kind of clash with Joanne Cantwell as well, reminds us of the old RT era where like it was a lot of personalities because under Declan McBennett, whether it's had to do with Declan or not, and it probably is, RT has moved on from the, yeah, like, totally. the personality days. Oh, it's it's, yeah, different. it's yeah. a different and world, though. It is. And like you can debate the ins and outs, with, yeah. but uh, it's from another era. There was a, it was a specific type of incredulity with Bill. Mm. That yeah. it, it, like, I remember there was the Dunphy clip where he calls someone a spoofer and Darren Maloney calls him up. He's ah, no, bull- bullshitter. But uh, Maloney can't carry off that sort of, ah, what? Mm. Eamon Dunphy swearing on air. Mm, like yeah. that kind of, well, what's going on here? It's uh, 
very Simon Amstel on Nevermind the Buzzcocks seeing Donny smoking. You were at the yeah. CNS event, though. Remember the Off the Ball CNS event yes. uh, with Wes Brown and John O'Shea recently as well? The Just Eat one. That was. Um, they did play a clip at one stage up on the big screen of the, the good old days with Billow and Eamon and Sunes in the middle of them as well. It was just an absolute. I'd forgotten how good those days were. Do you remember oh, when? Jesus, do you remember yeah. when Dunphy was like, like Rod Little? He's the one, and then Bill goes, I, "Even you can't say that." <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like, yeah. but, but keep on going anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Eamon, you that can't was the say best that. thing when he got really Cork. When he's, like, "Ah, you can't be saying that." Come on. <laughs> and then there's a little twinkle in his eye. Oh. And there was one time. Was it? It was actually latter stages when. Um, Bill was questioning the support in an Ireland game in the real down days. I think it was the end of Trap and Bray, Liam Brady went mad, took a huge exception to Bill being like, well, the fans aren't showing up. And then Brady was like, it's a, it's a tough time. The economy's really struggling. I can't believe you'd say something like that about the fans. And then Bill was like, I'm just saying. Yeah. It wasn't the full stadium. just winding you up. And they had an amazing respect for him because, you know, they were like proper football men, these three lads. Mm, and yeah. Bill wasn't. But they still had a huge amount of respect for the way he would just drop a bomb, sit back and enjoy. Yeah, I loved him. I'm about to end this man's whole career. <laughs> oh, but I can't, yeah, eight years. Jeez. It's hard to believe he's eight years yeah. gone as well, isn't it? Like, what a, I, amazing. I mean, I, he's my favourite. Yeah. Your favourite broadcaster? Uh, one of many, but up there, right up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Your favourite right. Cork broadcaster? <laughs> yeah. There's a long list there as well. Yeah, big yeah. list, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the French Open starts uh, Sunday coming, two days' time. Uh, there's no Nadal column. No Nadal, first time ever he's not playing the French Open since mm-hmm. he made his debut in 2005. Um, the big, probably, um, takeaway from the men's side is that uh, Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz, the two favourites, and they're set to play each other in the semi-final. So we're going to be robbed of that final, unfortunately, because right. Djokovic's third seed hasn't played an awful lot of tennis this year. Um, yeah, exactly. So the quarterfinal projection will be last year's final. Okay. Iga Sviantek against Coco Gauff. So Sviantek's world number one defending champion. She's won the French Open twice already. And Arena Sabalenka finally won her first Grand Slam, the Australian Open. It started this mm-hmm. year. She's probably your biggest challenger and they're on the opposite side so they could play each other in the final. Sviantek Sabalenka looks like it's going to be the women's final. This is if everything goes according to plan, of course. And the men's final, it's all about the semi-final. Djokovic Alcaraz. I think Djokovic will win. Right, and then he'll play probably Daniel Medvedev based on form, but Casper uh, Ruud got into last year's final against Nadal. He could also get to the final. I'd say it'll be Medvedev, Djokovic final. Where does the French Open rank in your list of four Grand Slams in terms of enjoyment? Uh, fourth. Oh, oh dear, poor French Open. I don't like uh, <laughs> the aesthetics of the, of the burnt orange and the yellow ball, and I'm and it's, if it's sunny, you're having the hope of seeing it. Very different coloured. I would prefer if they could do something about that. It would be great. I I like Wimbledon the most, and then the US, and then the Australian. It's the one Grand Slam where they announce the scores in a different language. Surely that's brilliant. Roland Garros. Um, Yeah, that's good. That's in the the plus volume. Oh, it's great. I really think women's tennis uh, needs to <laughs> the top four. <laughs> French Open just qualifying. For you know who Roland Garros was? I remember he, uh, I did a, a history project on him in school. Oh, go on. He was a, a French aviator in World War One. Mm. World War One ace. I'm fairly sure. Did he like Final tennis? pilot died in 1918 in the war. Um, but if you have time this morning, read up on Roland Garros. Fascinating life. Did he like it's, tennis, Shane? Uh, I don't know what the link with tennis is. Yeah. I, and I did a, a research project on him. So the, the what was World War One about? Did you figure out? Go on. Go on. Start talking about There's the biggest rabbit hole we've ever had. Genuinely, what was it about? Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Colum and Cameron, thanks for popping in. OCB AM.
with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.